You're about to listen to the Meet Mediocrity Podcast, Season 2, Episode 10. My guest today is Desiree Martin Del Campo. For purposes of this episode, I'm going to nickname Desiree Run DMDC. That's because Desiree has achieved some amazing running accomplishments. In fact, about 10 years ago, Des went from couch potato to marathon runner in less than six months. And 10 years later, she still hasn't stopped running. So with that as the intro, let's get started. your host, Mediocre Mitch, and welcome to the 35th Meet Mediocrity podcast episode. That's right. Season 2, episode 10 equals 35 podcast episodes. And today's guest is Desiree Martin Del Campo. Desiree is a colleague of mine from work whom I've always admired because she's frankly just a regular person who over time has become a really persistent and accomplished runner. She really got into running accidentally, and now she has run all over the United States and all over the world. The other thing I love about Desiree, this has nothing to do with running, is she is very much a left-brained person, analytical, and a right-brained person, artistic. And what I admire about her when it comes to this is she has found a way to make money and to have jobs slash careers using both sides of her brain. One of her jobs is in corporate finance, and her second job is that of an accomplished photographer. So in today's episode, you're going to hear some great running stories And some great and interesting stories about someone who works jobs in two completely different fields. Desiree is an incredibly diverse and interesting person. So with that as your intro, without further delay, here's my conversation with Run DMDC, Desiree Martin Del Campo. So Desiree, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Um, So you and I have known each other a long time. I'm trying to think how long, when did, when did you first start working um, at your corporate job? Um, Let's see. It's been 14 years now. I started in February. So that's, that's about how long we've known each other, which is, which is a long time. And um, you know, I, well, first of all, I've always liked you from the day I met you because the, the day I met you, I found out you were a New York Mets fan. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so I said, anyone who's uh, willing to suffer along yep. with me as a New York Mets fan has to be okay. Yeah. We have to stick together. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's, it's pathetic. So I was, this is, by the way, this, this podcast episode is not about the New York Mets, but I will oh. say this. Anyone who's got the character and the fortitude to stick by that frustrating team oh, is, is yeah. an interesting person. So, yes. but, but it's not the New York Mets that, that got me to invite you to join my podcast. It's, it's your um, 
It's your running journey. And there's yes. some other things that came up, and we'll get into that. But what drove me to ask you to join me was your running journey. So okay. I don't remember how long ago it was, but I remember you and a few people in the office um, embarking on a bit of a, a mini running club, and it's, yeah. gone, it's gone crazy since then. So yeah. why don't you take me to the beginning and um, tell me how you started running, Des? Well, it all started because I wanted to lose weight. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I had a little book and I was counting calories. And um, and one of my coworkers uh, said, she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm trying to lose a few pounds. And she's like, what? why don't you run with me after work? And I said, I don't run. I've never <laughs> run a day in my life unless they, you know, for gym back in high school. Right. And uh, she's like, no, 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 no. She's like, you know, after work, we'll go in the parking lot, you know, and I'll help you. So I said, oh, okay. So I just remember starting at one stop sign and just going saying, just get to the blue minivan, just get to the blue minivan, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and so the next couple of days, like she came out with me and, you know, helped me out. And then of course, obviously she was a runner. So she's just like, okay, you know, well, why don't you try it on your own? And, you know, I'll just keep tabs on you. So I'm like, all right. So by the end of the week, she said, I'll tell you what. She goes, why don't we put our names into New York City Marathon Lottery? And Wait, this is like one week, one week into oh, your yeah. running. It was one week into running. I don't even okay. think it was a full week. It was a couple days in. <laughs> okay. But I was already, I was already miserable. <laughs> <laughs> so she's like, if you get in, then that means you're supposed to be a runner. She's like, it's next to impossible to get into the New York City Marathon. Right. So I'm like, okay. Because <laughs> what do I know about the New York City Marathon? <laughs> so um wouldn't you know, guess who got into the New York City Marathon? So, wait a minute. How, how long ago was this, Desiree? This was in 2009. Yeah. So, 2009, you had been yeah. running for a week. Yep. You stuck your name in the New York City Marathon Lottery, yep. which, by the way, I've entered three times. I've never gotten in. It's like an extra impossible to get into it. Yeah. But you got in. Right. First time. Yeah. Okay. So, now, so you started. So, what month was it when you started? running and applying for the New York City Marathon. That would be May 2009. <laughs> okay, so wait a minute. So it's May and the race yeah. is usually in October, November, right? Yep, yep. So you had six months to go from couch to yeah. New York City Marathon. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about that. So um, once I got into the uh, marathon, I thought, well, I can't back out because if it's so hard to get in this, of you course. know, which was a great motivator because you couldn't feel like, well, you know, I'm just going to take today off or whatever, especially that since I never ran, I knew right. I had at least, you know, even if I was going to walk, run or whatever, I had to do something because mm -hmm. I was going to have to do it for 26.2 miles. Right. Um, so I didn't know anybody that was, you know, a couch to marathon person. <laughs> so I finally, um, I remember the first time, uh, I used to do loops around the parking lot around two buildings mm -hmm. and I would always have to walk, you know? But, so I went the first time uh, I had gone around the two buildings, not having to walk. You would have thought it looked like Rocky Balboa on the top of the, <laughs> that, <laughs> that was, that was your New York city marathon. in yeah. a nutshell. So, it was. <laughs> so what is the that? People, about? Is that a couple of miles? Is that a mile, two miles? No, it was like maybe a half a mile, like okay. running around the two buildings. And, uh, <laughs> The people in the building must have been like, what is that crazy girl doing outside jumping around? Because I, I, I felt like an absolute rock star. Um, 
And then I printed out like a free training thing online. I, I bought like tons of books and right. Um, and then I finally found like a little path um, that was three mile loop. And okay. that's the only place for the entire six months that I trained was on that six mile loop. So because you you found your one spot, you had it measured spot. out, and you just did yeah. it over and over again. Over and over again, like because since it was three miles, so then I'm like, okay, today I'm doing six, and you know, just add it. And it was a very hilly loop, um, but I didn't know, I didn't really know anybody in the running community at that point, and uh, I'm like, well, I know this is safe because it's on a path, and you know, I wouldn't feel uncomfortable running in the road, and so so I did that, and. Then I got signed up for a 5K, mm-hmm. <laughs> which was awful because it turned out to be a cross-country 5K. Oh, so and... it was on like like dirt and grass. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. So that's I don't, that's still to this day not fun for me. I don't like that either because I find myself looking at the ground and making sure I'm not oh. going to twist an ankle more than focusing on running. Oh, I can't even tell you how many times I trip because now I run on trails, but, you know, just because they're flat. When I, I trip over like seeing a bug. You know, (laughs) it really, yeah, but that was quite interesting. And then trying to figure out how to drink water while running in a race, you know, nobody teaches those like things. So yeah, that that was fun, but you know, that's how it started. (laughs) So fast, so fast forward, you actually were able to train yourself from May to November to do the New York city marathon, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about that experience. That must've been like completely amazing, overwhelming, and exhausting all at the same time? Well, it's the thing was that since I had no no one to ask questions and things about it, um, I didn't train properly. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I did end up doing two half marathons before the race and uh, actually did a lot better. This is a girl that came from like no running whatsoever. And we did the Queen's uh, half marathon in September and yep. I ran it in 216 which you mm-hmm. know not running at all to doing a 216 half marathon I was elated um but and I've problem- and I've run I've run the Queens half marathon so I know that route and yeah um, it's not a flat a, course it's not yeah. a flat course it's not easy no um so I didn't like I went from one week to running, you know, 15, 20 miles. And then the following week I ran like 30. So mm-hmm. I didn't realize what I was doing to myself. Um, mm-hmm. And then I ended up hurting my IT band. Yeah. But damn, if I wasn't going to go out there and run that race, you know. Um, so so you made it to the marathon. You yep. finished. But but was it, was, you know, was this, um, let's let's call it poor training habits. Did, that, did it hinder you at all? Oh my gosh. Yes. I remember. Um, cause I didn't know what an IT band injury was until after the race, obviously, mm-hmm. because an IT band injury for me before the, um, the marathon, if I did a long run ever, my, you know, knees start acting up, it would go away like fairly quickly after mm-hmm. I was done running. Um, but then, um, my, <laughs> the bridge that I hate the most of the entire face of the earth is the, uh, 59th street bridge. And <laughs> I think it's squeezed just before you always hear about like coming out of the 59th street bridge to like, goes it does. So all of the fans are lined up. Well, when I was on the 59th street bridge, I think you hit mile 14 or 15. Mm-hmm. My IT band gave out, like started hurting. Oh shit. So for the rest of the race, I was in such severe pain. Um, and I just kept my one friend had said, 
Des, once you start, I don't care if you have to walk, run, crawl, you make sure you cross that finish line. And I just kept on saying to myself, um, <laughs> got to do this. And if you want a quick, funny story. So mm-hmm. for the New York City Marathon, people put their names on their chest. Right. Yep. Um, so, yeah. So people like cheer you, you know, so I put my nickname Des on my chest and I just remember hitting Brooklyn and the uh, people were going, come on, Des, you got this. And, you know, I felt like a rock star. I'm like, yeah, Des, she's going, you know. Right. <laughs> so, but by the time I hit Central Park, I was in such pain. And the, the crowd is really close to you right? Uh, in the course. And I was walking and people were like, come on, Des, you got this. You can go. And I just wanted to be like, screw you. I've been out here 22 miles. I'm in pain. So I just started walking with my hand covering my nickname so that I wouldn't have anyone saying it, you know? So, well, but, yeah. at least yeah. you finished. I did. And I tell you, uh, crossing that finish line, you know, they, that they say that when you're running a marathon or a half marathon, the, the whole time you're going, I am never doing this again. This is so stupid. I crossed that finish line. I'm like, this was the best thing ever. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. So that's cool. Yeah. Cause it all just, just goes by. You're like, wow, I just finished the New York city marathon. This is amazing. You know, as I like, hop like, to my bag, <laughs> like most, like most difficult things in the world, like living right. through a renovation in your house, you get, yeah. you get through it. And you're like, Oh yeah, that, that wasn't so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, exactly. and, and of course, of course I know that you actually had that feeling because you have been a, an avid runner for the past 10 years since then. And yeah. you did, and by the way, you did accomplish, I remember, you did accomplish the weight loss goal. Yes, yes. <laughs> but yes. Um, so tell me, you. so here's the, the, the punchline is, I don't know whether you've run another marathon since then, but you've run dozens and dozens of half marathons. Yes. So tell me a little bit about your journey since completing that first New York City marathon. Sure. Um, well. I, the same coworker that got me into running, she decided there's um, a race group that does uh, races throughout the country. And it was like, you know, rock and roll. They had bands at every mom marker. They had these really cool medals. And she's like, oh, you know, I'm doing, there's 14 races this year. She's like, so I'm going to try to do all of them. Now oh me, gosh. I'm going, well, I guess the running thing is fine, but how cool it would be to go to different states, you know, with your friend. Right. Um, and that's how it started. I didn't even, I started, I obviously finished a, a 50 half marathons in each state journey, but I went in starting just cause I wanted to, you know, Hey, you know, I, I really like this, uh, like running thing. Um, these medals are like so awesome that they have at these <laughs> yeah, <laughs> races and, uh, a free beer at the end of these things and traveling with your friend. I'm like, this sounds like fun, you know? So you um, entered, you entered this, this rock and roll or whatever it was yeah. series. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so how many, how many races did you do that, that first year? Uh, nine, nine. So you yeah. did nine races. Were they all half marathons? Yeah. Uh, well, the, the the following year, so I did nine half marathons, and then I redid the New York City Marathon again. 
Okay, um, so you did nine half marathon. You did the New York City Marathon. You did your first one. You did nine half marathons yeah. in the in the next twelve months, and yeah. then you did the New York City Marathon again. Yeah, yeah. Was the New York City Marathon the second time a little bit easier than the first time? Yes. I mean, um, when I just remember turning and seeing the 59th Street Bridge, and I'm like, my nemesis. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I am making it this time, and I'm not going to, you know. And, uh, yeah, I I accomplished my goal, and uh, the 59th Street Bridge did not take me down this time, and no IT ban uh, <laughs> well, you probably issues. you probably learned what your IT band was. Oh, yeah. You learned how to stretch yeah. it. You learned how to strengthen it. Yeah, yes. I mean, I've had IT band issues in my time too, so I get horrible. That. Yeah, yeah. So, and then plus, I found like a running group. Um, so you get like lots of feedback. You're out uh, training more because once you know, I had people that you know. I think Thursdays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays we would run, and Saturday mornings. So then, once you're like, well, I you can't let people are waiting for me to come run with them. Right. So you can't just back out, you know. Right. Um, so, so that, that was that was forced motivation. The group yeah. group train group training is a motivator. So oh yeah. Now that year catapulted you to <laughs> try to run a half marathon in every all 50 states in the United States. Yes. Yes. And I, I believe you've accomplished that. Yes. Last January. Yeah. Last January. So it was a 10 year, 10 year journey yes. pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, pick out, I want to hear a couple of highlights. Okay. About, about the 50, 50 state half marathon journey for Des. Okay. Um. Like race wise, state wise. Yeah. So, both. so here's what I want to. So, let me give you. Let me give you three prompts. Okay. Um, I'll start with the first one. Uh huh. What was your most memorable race and why? Um, I think Big Sur was a 21 miler. Um, okay, so that's longer than a half marathon. Yeah. Um, it was but, in, Ca- in California, right? Yes. Okay. Um, that had been one of the most beautiful, hardest races i've ever done and i would do it again in a heartbeat um the it, it i they just um every corner you turn and, and it's funny the uh, environment how much it changes i would be running one second and like hot sweaty and the next thing you know you're climbing the the mountain you're going i think i'm going climbing up to everest <laughs> it was uh it was uh stunning it's gotten very very popular since then because back when i first started um 2009 2010 running hadn't taken taken the um popularity that it has right now Mm -hmm. so getting into races and stuff was a little easier Mm -hmm. certainly not the new york city marathon big races like that um but now it's uh it's pretty difficult to get into a race like big sur um or not so it, it was lovely to be able to do races when it wasn't like thousands and thousands of people um out there you know so so most memorable the california big sur race yeah Yeah. next prompt which race were you most proud of yourself and why oh san diego um so that's 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 another california race yeah apparently i I, apparently i go there (laughs) well who wouldn't i mean big sur and san diego are pretty desirable spots what what made you proud of yourself in san diego you know um after uh i uh my friend and i did all those 14 uh races uh, well i did nine of those 14 with her um i just kept on doing them by myself. Like I, then I kind of lost my fear of traveling and going places. I, I felt like a security 
blanket almost when I knew a bunch of runners were going to be somewhere. So I went to San Diego um, uh, the following year and I was training, but not really aggressively, but I had been improving quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I said to myself, well, you know what, let's just go all out and see what happens. Like I'd always dreamed of beating two hours. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think my time there was two hours and, uh, like 30 something seconds, Oh, for goodness <laughs> yeah. sake. but it was, I, I was really proud of it. Not so much. Cause I mean, obviously I didn't break the two hours, but the fact that, um, I just, it was one of those races just like, you know, I'm just going to try, you know, I'm not going to worry about this or that from, you know, just like, let me just go and see what happens. And it wasn't a flat course. Um, and, uh, boy, was I one happy little person when I finished that race, you know, like it was walking on the top of the world, you know? So most memorable, big sir, proudest of yourself, San Diego. My, yeah. my third, my third question is which was the fine, which, which state was the final state that you, you did and why? Oh, it was Hawaii. And I waited <laughs> on Hawaii. It's funny. Cause I did a full marathon in Hawaii in uh, 2011 Okay, and it is so humid and I do not do well with humidity. Right. And I was just like, I fell in love with Hawaii so much. And I just said, this is, this is where I want to finish. I, I want to come back and I want to do my half marathon because you couldn't count a full marathon towards a half marathon goal. So, of course not. Um, of course not. And I, you know, Oh, I'm so sad about that. You know? <laughs> so yeah. Cause you had to go to Hawaii twice. So, yeah. yeah. So you've done a ha- how many, how many marathons have you done? Well, you're going to laugh. So, um, in March of this past year, mm-hmm. I was supposed to complete my hundredth half marathon. Oh, um, wow. Unfortunately, due to the current uh, factors of the coronavirus, uh, the race was canceled. So mm-hmm. I've been sitting at half marathon number ninety nine since January. <laughs> so you have ninety nine half marathons, yeah. and you will get to a hundred, even if you have to crawl. Oh, absolutely! Um, <laughs> and, and you've done how many full marathons? Uh, four. Four full marathons. Yeah. And so having accomplished 50 states. Yes. And about to accomplish 100 half marathons. Yes. Um, do you have any other kind of like milestone goals in mind? Yes. I've already started um, on the continents. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I only have three continents so far, but I just went to New Zealand this past November to do um a half marathon there, which is stunning. That race was absolutely gorgeous. So I figure, I, hey, I saw the country. You know, now it's time to see countries. <laughs> you so know, you've done. So you've done um, Australia. That's a continent. You've yeah. done North America. Obviously, you've done yeah. all fifty states in North America, and you've done Europe. I assume. Yeah. 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 So you've still got some continents to go. Yeah. 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 Well, so. I'm I'm really interested to to take have you back on the show when you finish a half marathon in Antarctica. Okay, yes, that that you know that's a tough one to get into because you can only do it twice a year. So they and, really have uh, one. They really oh, have. Oh yeah. A, okay. Yep. So that. twice a year they open it up, and obviously it's not a they don't allow a big amount of people to do it. So actually, um, what you'll do when you're doing the Antarctica half marathon is you'll write a personal letter to the race director about yeah. what an accomplishment will be and you'll get in. I'm sure of it. Yes. <laughs> so, okay. This is, this is like amazing. And, and I love hearing about all of your, your running adventures, but um, there's something else about you Des that 
actually I really admire because I see a little bit of myself in it as well. And that is um, the, so running equals kind of physical wellness, mental wellness. It keeps you in shape. It keeps you mentally um, of sound mind and clears your head. Um, But you've also found balance in your work life. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I like to talk about people who are very creative, which are left brain people and people who are analytical, which are right brain people. Yeah. And I always think that I am an interesting combination of both because mm-hmm. um, in my, in my career um, I've worked um, the same corporate job, but I I've had different roles, roles that are analytical, i.e. left brained. And I've had roles that are creative, which I have now, which is more right brained. Mm-hmm. So I have found my balance. And when I feel, and, and actually one of the reasons I started this podcast is to kind of feed the creative side of my brain. Des, you've done something very similar. Mm-hmm. You have a corporate job in finance, and that's how I met you. Yep. But you're also a phenomenal photographer. In fact, <laughs> I want, well, I, Des, you, 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 you may not remember this, but I wanted you to be the photographer at my wedding, but you were already booked that day. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> but, I, but, I've, but I've seen your work and it's not, it's truly, you know, there are photographers that, that know how to snap pictures and there are photographers who are incredibly artistic and you're incredibly artistic. So you have tell great me a, taste. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you tell me a little bit about how you found that balance and how you're managed, how you've been managing that balance up until the coronavirus? And then we'll get into the current day in a minute. Um, yeah, sure. I just, um, you know, it's just kind of my way of life. I've always been a person that likes working. Um, so, and like you said, I, I had the wonderful outlet. I have my camera and I go and just do something so much that I love that, you know, and I have so much control over and to sit at my computer and, you know, spend hours, you know, uh, playing with my images and, um, and my finance, it's so rewarding because I can't wait to dive in. Like, especially when I get like a little project, you're like, Hey, can you figure this out? It's just so completely different. Mm-hmm. um approach but it's such a nice balance um for me um and i kind of feel like when people i always wonder do people just go home and like sit on their couches and like watch tv i always thought what do people do when they go home because me i finish do that you, yeah. you do not no I, I to me it's like you know i finish my corporate job you know I go for my run or go for a yoga class and then i come home shower and eat like a microwave dinner and I throw on a baseball game and I sit on my computer till like 11 o'clock at night, you know, working. Um, but it is one of those things that, you know, if you do something you love, you, you don't work a You're day. You're not really life. working. Exactly. Yeah. So what I'm in, I'm finding interesting. Um, so your finance job, it's very like your, the answers are black and white. There's a right, there's usually a right answer and a wrong answer. Mm-hmm. Um, there's never a right answer and a wrong answer when it comes to taking good good photographs and creating beautiful albums. Um, I'm surprised. Have you ever wanted? Have you ever felt like you should just do one or the other? Have you ever kind of felt like you know I really should do just this because that's where my passion is? Um, for a very brief moment, um, 
I have to say that I, I did think about just doing photography. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I took on so much work that I lost my love for photography. It right. became work. I didn't, I, I, I didn't, I had to rush through getting stuff done to get it out. And I said to myself, I'm like, this isn't what I like doing. Right. You know, I like doing the pictures. I love taking the images. I love spending time working on them. And, and uh, I didn't have that. And I just thought, well, if I'm going to do it this way, it's not going to be fun. This is just going to be to earn money. And, you know, um, so it very quickly did I decide that that wasn't something I wanted to do. Well, I'm such a huge proponent of, of wellness being finding personal balance. Mm-hmm. And what you just described to me is, is the epitome of that because like, Wellness isn't like being the perfect weight or, or, or you know, having the perfect um, workout regimen or the perfect diet routine. To me, wellness is being at peace with yourself. And yeah. what you just showed me or what you just described mm-hmm. is, you know, you're, you're obviously very creative and you're, you're very passionate about photography. And, mm-hmm. but when, when you pushed too much on photography, the scale kind of got out of balance from a, from a personal reward perspective yeah. and you backed off of the, the photography only doing as much as you could do to keep it fresh and exciting for you. Right. And that, and that's balance and that's wellness to me. Yeah. Yeah. But, Super cool. So, I mean, this is why this is why I had you on the show because oh. I think you're super cool, Des. Um, so, tell me. So, so last last topic is is um, COVID nineteen. Yes. So here's someone who loves running races who can't run races. Yes. Here's someone who um, does uh, photography for great events, and and there are very few, if any, events. Right. You're someone who has a corporate finance job and you love going to the office and seeing your teammates and and now you're working from home. Right. So this completely sucks. (laughs) 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 Tell me, uh, tell me, tell me how you're coping and and how you've made it work for you. I have to say I've been enjoying it. Uh, Okay, good. I know that's, uh, well, because, you know, you kind of, when this wasn't happening, you had to do things like for everybody, you know, to people just didn't take time for themselves and you feel guilty. You're like, God, I just want to stay home and go power wash the, the backyard or <laughs> go for it. You know what I'm saying? And you, Cause, and then, Oh, but so-and-so needs me to do this. So it was always having to think, well, I have to put those personal things that I want to do aside and go to, you know, commitments um, that I have Whereas and feel like, you know, not feel guilty about power washing or right. taking a yoga class. And now it's really changed, hasn't it? Where you do go, hey, you know what? I don't have to go anywhere or be doing anything. You know, I said, if I want to go take two yoga classes, if I want to go for a 10 mile run, if I want to go and power wash, there's no guilt anymore. It was just taking time for yourself, you know, and doing the things that you never have time, that you have an interest to you that is strictly because that makes you happy. Um, and I think that that's something I really, one of the brighter things I've seen about. Um, now you're still, happening. you still have, you still have your corporate finance job. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's not like you have no, no responsibilities, but I think right. what you're saying is that 
this new way of living, at least hopefully temporary, but this new right. way of living um, has given you a lot more flexibility to kind of to tackle things and enjoy things in a different way. Right, right. Yep, yeah. yep. I, I, found it, I found it the same. I mean, yeah. you know, I used to travel a lot for work. Mm-hmm. I used to, you know, have like a, a race on my calendar. You know, there was always a goal. Yeah. And I'm finding there's a, this is a little bit liberating in a way, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. if I've got a half hour break between work calls, like I could jump yeah. on the Peloton. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, if I, if I, I don't have to wake up in the morning and pack a bag or commute on the train, yeah. I could roll out of bed and yeah. meditate or do some yoga and do what I need to do to start my day off right without rushing somewhere. And I'm still working plenty. Yeah. But but this does does provide a lot more flexibility. Right. Yes. Agree. And uh, you know, I've I've I uh, take more yoga now than ever before because of the fact that it's all online. Yeah. So it's not like honest. I I got to drive or I'm running late and I can't. I'm going to miss the class. Now it's just oh, all right. I'm just going to walk over to my other desk <laughs> and put on a class, you know, and take a yoga class. Um, because it's right there, you know? Uh, so that's, that's quite nice, you know? Well, or, or go for a run during lunch because, you know, you can come and take a quick shower when you're done and it doesn't matter that, you know, that you're wearing a Batman shirt and uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> sitting it, there getting work done. <laughs> well, exactly. And you know what? It, 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 I feel like, I feel like, you know, first of all, every, we're all in this together. Right. So even, you know, I hate to say it, but, you know, even if you have to jump on a video call with a Batman shirt, your hair and yep. a ponytail, like it's yep. all cool because everyone's yeah. doing stuff like that. Yeah. I, you yes. know, I loved it. I had a call with a very, very senior executive last uh-huh. night. Um, and, and, and this person was um, on the other side of the world. So for me, it was nighttime. For him, it was morning time. Yeah. And this is a very senior executive, and he jumps on this video call. His hair is he's still got bad head. <laughs> he's he's drinking his cup of coffee. Yeah. He, and he's you know, he's still got like a scruffy beard because he hasn't showered yeah. or shaved. Yeah. And he's like, you know, he was ready to go. He's like, morning, bitch. <laughs> I'm like, good morning. Um, and but it was like, who cares? Yeah. Right? And then I yeah. even said to him at one point, I said, you know, one thing that 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 COVID has done is it's got us all using video chat a lot more. Yes. Yeah. And so we may not be in the office and we may not be traveling, but I'm getting to meet people that I would never have met in person yeah. just by doing video chat. So very look, true. You have to see the glasses half fall. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, well on that note, Des, I just want to, first of all, you're freaking cool. So thank you so much for <laughs> agreeing to be on the podcast. Well, thanks for asking. <laughs> Well, I'm going to ask you again because when we get past this, um, when we get past this pandemic and you start running races again, it sounds yeah. like there are some cool destinations that you still oh, yeah. to accomplish. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> I have Vienna in April, so. <laughs> okay, fingers crossed that Vienna in April happens. Please, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, enjoy the rest of your day, Des, and thanks again for being with us. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care. Take, take care. Bye. How much fun was that? Desiree is a great, fun storyteller and a super interesting person. I really enjoyed speaking with her. In fact, I always enjoy speaking with Desiree. A couple of lessons I'm going to take away from today's conversation. 
first, lesson number one. Desiree has some major running accomplishments, but it's not about breaking world speed records. It's about the experience, visiting places, entering and participating in running events, and running at whatever pace she has in her that day. For her, it's all good. I need to learn from that. That's lesson one. Lesson two. She's both creative and analytical, a left-brained and a right-brained person. And she's found ways to feed both sides of her brain. I personally can relate to that because I feel like I am definitely a mix of a left and right-brained person. And frankly, it's the creative stuff, like, for example, hosting a podcast that keeps me motivated and happy. And frankly, you know, Desiree has taken that to a whole new level. So Desiree, I really admire you for that. And I appreciate your sharing your stories with us. So finally, I really hope you're enjoying the Meet Mediocrity podcast. And if you are, I really hope you'll let your friends know and encourage them to listen. You can follow Meet Mediocrity on Facebook and Instagram. You can check out the podcast on all popular podcast platforms and also on my website, meetmediocrity.com. And last but not least, please continue to stay safe and healthy, keep smiling, and stay well. Take care, everyone.